you want to check us out on all of our social media platforms, on Twitter at Tinfoil Hat Cast, on Instagram at Tinfoil Hat Pod, or all comedy t shirts.com, email us at Tinfoil Hat Pod at gmail.com. Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Hey, man, where's hey, the truth there, dog? Tinfoil Hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. And welcome. Yes. It's back in the studio after a triumphant New York City run at Skankfest 2018. That's right. We want to thank everybody from New York who came out to the show. It was a packed house, and it was amazing, and it was so much fun, man. It, it was, was the best. Wasn't it, man? I cannot have expected anything more. New York, I love you. I'll be back. So uh, uh, Ryan flies in. He's a day after me, and I go, dude, don't go to this fest. Just go see New York City. You've never... Been to New York City, go see it. So about three hours after Ryan was gone, uh, I hadn't heard from him, so I sent him a text. Hey, how's it going? Didn't hear from him again. So Oops. another two hours, five after five hours, <laughs> still haven't heard from him. So I assume uh, one of a couple things had been going on. One, either his phone died. Two, the lizard people got to him. Or three, he's having gay sex Jeez. and he doesn't want anyone to uh, uh, interrupt him. And then he showed up. So did you have a good time out there? Well, hey, we'll find out what that reptile child looks like in about 10 months from I'm now. I'm super excited. Now, the fun thing before we bring our guest in is uh, the funnest part of the festival was people approaching us and talking to us. Now, we've had that before. You know, I've done, had TV shows and all that stuff. So I've had fun with that. But the funniest thing about Tinfoil Hat fans is like the Tinfoil Hat podcast is probably the only one where we talk your ear off and the fans want to eventually leave. And they're just like, okay, okay, cool, man. Just I got to go. Away. We're like, no. Oh, dude, we haven't gotten into the hot lizard. People are bisexual. All right. They're like, but I got to go. I got, it like happened to us multiple times. It's always like a cute girlfriend, like pulling the, like a cool little dude away. You're ruining our relationship, you know? <laughs> so it was great. So big things are being planned. We're going to put together more live stand up and podcasting stuff. And I just want to do a quick little uh, shout out. We have uh, July 31st is the next comedy cast at the Comedy Store. And then August 15th is the Comedy Rampage. Jim Florentine, myself, at the Comedy Palace in San Diego, followed by August 16th at the Dojo in the Sycamore Tavern. Those tickets are available online. Uh, just check my social media for the links. And so let's get into our guests. We're super excited to have them on. Yeah, this is a good one, man. Uh, he's been on my list of people to get ever since we started getting a little heat. And I'm like, we got to get him, man. So today's guest is a writer, a philosopher, podcast host, and analyzer of the esoteric and the occult in mass media and pop culture from Jay's Analysts. Welcome to the show, Mr. Jay Dyer. Jay! Welcome, Jay. Welcome. How are you? Great. I'm also uh, a funny man comedy person, too, which I uh, see you cleverly left that out to try to sabotage me. There you go. Hey, so give everyone your shout out where they yeah. find your YouTube, your Twitter, Instagram, all that funny stuff. Yeah, I do a YouTube channel, Jay Dyer. There's a whole bunch of probably 30 comedy vids there as well as all the other stuff that you mentioned. And then I have a bunch of goofy shit on my Twitter. My Twitter is um, <laughs> J underscore D007, I think. And then you can find me on Facebook. But yeah, I do a lot of stuff. I do a lot of impersonations and I do uh, the analysis that you mentioned. And right now I'm uh, I'm gay sexting with <laughs> the lizard people. So they don't they don't actually do it, but, but they do sext. Yeah, so. they are. And they get nasty fast. Right. That's the thing about the lizard people. They don't even play games or no like patty cakes. It's like. Where are we getting, and are we raw dogging? That's what I've noticed about them when they always tweet me. Three claws directly in the oh, mouth. Oh, yeah. They, they ain't afraid. So, uh, oh, R- that's right cool. Now, right now, I'm texting with, with David Icke. Oh, it's my God. It's me and God. David Icke, and we're, we're texting to... with the cheetah, the cheetah Uri, who have very large dongs. <laughs> They've got very large dongs, these cheetah Uri. Who are the lizard people? Dude, that was, you, my shitty, that was my shitty day. Hey, dude, that was awesome. That is probably as close as we'll ever get to talk to him. So yeah. we might have to just call you back and on a three-way <laughs> with uh, GSP and David Icke sometime. So uh, tell us a little bit about your book that's coming out yeah. because it's a follow-up to your hip first book. So tell us a little about your books. Sure, yeah. So the first one is basically a collection of the essays that I wrote over five years of blogging. 
and it deals with a weird look at film. It's kind of like Ebert on acid is, is the best way I, uh, to describe it. Ebert on acid inside of a magic ritual. I love that. I yeah, love and, that. Um, it, it, it comes at film from a different angle, so it kind of ties in philosophy, geopolitics, history, as well as the kind of boring Roger Ebert-style movie review. So that's what it is. And it, the first book was about 80 pages of Kubrick and then about uh, 80 pages of Spielberg and then about 80 pages of 007 and Hitchcock. And then I get into the CIA and Hollywood. So it's a, it's a weird mix. And then the sequel is about to be out, which will be uh, covering some of the same things but organized differently. So not organized by directors, but rather organized by themes so i'm going to do a, cha- a section on the mob in hollywood which is something that i admittedly did not put in the first book which i should have i should have had more about the mob in there but i intentionally wanted to have a trilogy to fucking stack paper dude that's what you do in hollywood is you make your movies into a trilogy so you can milk all of those people by and the book, right? and get action figures that's the whole point <laughs> is to get tiny yes, action figures be- there will be lizard action figures of me with large dongs. Large so. dongs, man. So I love this thing because, you know, I can't – like once you get into what I call we, – we call spiritual skepticism, once you start getting into this community, you can't unsee stuff. You're like Roddy yeah. Piper, but you don't have the glasses because you don't need the glasses. <laughs> you see them and you see what's going on all the time. And it's like this is a wonderful discussion to have because – People don't realize how much programming is going on. And, you know, right. I, I learned this very much, especially when I went to the World Series last year with my girlfriend high on shrooms, like tripping balls at wow. the World Series. And I didn't realize how much military programming goes on. Right. At this event, it, everything is like military. Love the military. Wouldn't you like to be loved? You'd be loved. They'd love you if you were in the military. You should join the military. Right. Thank the military. All that stuff. And it's like so amazing when you just sit there like and you're on level 97 shrooms. And you, you're like, I don't even know who's winning the game. But, I, dude, there's just so much programming going on here. Um, your thoughts on like. Uh, Why? Well, I mean, you've done a lot of research. Let's get into that. But we'll, I'll let you talk. Yeah, Jay, how'd you even get into this besides obviously maybe taking, like you said, a hit of two acids and uh, watching a Hitchcock film upside down on the couch? You probably saw it from a different angle. Well, what uh, led you down these, this rabbit hole to begin with? What led me down the track to begin with was just a longtime interest in film. I always wanted to be an actor. I used to do stand-up uh, when I was 18, 19, 20. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'm, I'm probably not going to have the most success with that route. So I did uh, college. I did film classes. I did a philosophy degree, did grad school, and that ended up being a much better path. And so when I did, when I was in grad school, I started studying how film is propaganda from you know a very academic standpoint. Looked at Ian Fleming, looked at James Bond. Of course, Ian Fleming tied all of the the real world black operation psyop stuff that he did into the Bond stories. So I wrote my thesis on that, and I thought, you know what? This is actually a book topic. This is not just some boring-ass academic thesis that no one's going to read. This needs to be a damn book. And I went on uh, Sean Stone's show a couple years ago, Buzzsaw, and uh, got contacted by a publisher. So that led to the book, and then that led to like a season of that TV show, Hollywood Decoded. Um, there's another TV show in the works presently. Um, and then to now book number two. So it really ironically just kind of blossomed out of uh, my love for film and goofy, you know, weird kind of fringe type stuff. Uh, And it all just kind of came together perfectly. So that's how it happened. And where it comes from is like you said, yes, it is kind of from a position of, you know, there are a lot of potheads. There are a lot of the ganja smokers who do like what I do. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of the, uh, hallucinogen crowd who like what i do and that's because it is coming from that very trippy as freak vantage point and like you said you notice this stuff everywhere once you kind of have your eyes open to it and so you're right it's not just movies it's also the pentagon cia they put their propaganda into basically everything it's music videos it's katie perry doing basically military recruitment videos 
You know what I mean? It's like, what the heck does Katy Perry have to do with that? Well, it's, you start to realize it's all one big power structure. Like, uh, and it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't just end with, you know, the generals or the president or, or the bankers. It also goes off, I think, into kind of that spiritual realm as well. There's also a spiritual aspect to this. I do get into that. Spiritual, in you mean dark, though? Like dark art stuff? We talk a lot about Absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah. There's an esoteric occult aspect to this, and hence the title, Esoteric Hollywood Sex, Cults, and Symbols in Film. You bet. You know, one of the most interesting, you know, Saturday Night Live, I haven't watched it forever. I, I think it's meant to be for when, uh, you know, you're in school, you can't go out on the weekends, you know, you stay home with your friends and you watch Saturday Night Live and then you reenact them the whole week. But so, right. you know, The Rock was on and the, you know, the Rock can do no wrong in anybody's. I mean, he's literally the one guy that's loved by everybody. He's just because everybody thinks he's one of them. You're like, oh, yeah, he's he's Armenian. He's got look, it's The Rock. He's Armenian. Right. Uh, so I watched his episode and. And, man, there was so much shadiness in that episode. First of all, he did a sketch, which I found funny, but dark at the same time, which was they were having, like, an evil genius convention on who could make the most evil thing. And they're like, I've made something that can turn, you know, the Eiffel Tower into, you know, uh, freeze it, you know, so you can't get in and close it in in, in ice. And everyone's like, oh, that's evil. And then he comes out and he's like, I've created a robot that can molest a thousand times more children than anybody else and everyone's like dude that is like really wrong man it's like and like okay now you're making pedophilia funny and then she was doing some spirit cookings like one of her like acts was racially replicating the spirit cooking ritual where she's laying down and they're eating food off of top of her and that shit's real when you see it you see that stuff a lot you know it's interesting Yeah, no, that's funny you said that because uh, Saturday Night Live has been putting some very bizarre stuff into their skits, especially in the last, say, four or five years. They were starting to tie in, like, Illuminati type stuff. I remember Jim Carrey was on, and they were talking about Illuminati, making Illuminati jokes, and everybody kind of brushed that aside. But you're making a good point about, like, the pedo stuff because that's not new with... Saturday Night Live, if you go back to something like The Dark Crystal, if you remember the plot of The Dark Crystal, and this is one of the you know, more well-known analyses I've done, Jim Henson was kind of telling us the same idea because the Gelflings in that story are basically having their life essence sapped away by the elite, right? Mm-hmm. So they're kidnapped by these Skeksis, these sort of vulture-like cre- creatures, if you recall, yeah. And it's all about like harnessing the power of these crystals and a very bizarre type stuff. Whoa. And then what you come to find out at the end of the film is that it's this weird Gnostic plot where the, the good guys who were the, the mystics, the, the, the very calm, helpful mystics fighting against the warlike imperial Skeksis, they actually meld into one. <laughs> so, the, so the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys are the good guys. So there's really nothing wrong with sapping away the life essence of the young children. And you see that uh, right you know. now in politics, like yes. this pushback. I mean, we got the Franklin scandal. You have Dennis Hatzerts right. or whatever his name with, where he got busted for pedophilia. But this big push right now about how the Clins and all these people are involved in this pedo ring and how everyone's like, but they're the good guys. They're the good people. They wouldn't do that. They, she's like my grandma and she's my mom. And my mom would never do that. And you're like, okay, you don't know this chick and how she's associated with so much. And you see that right now now kind of in politics that's amazing totally crazy yeah can we go back to talking about lizard dongs or please dude we don't talk we like we see a big spike (laughs) in our viewership when we talk lizard dongs so we try to work that in as much as possible what if Alex Jones talked lizard dongs on your show? Would that be good? Oh, dude, the world would explode, and they would just open up, and just fucking dimensional people would come <laughs> and eat all of us. So we're holding it that for the Sunday, big two thousand and five. We're going to be talking lizard dongs for the next seven hours. You know, not to get off track, but it's like you brought up Alex Jones. Someone sent me this video with Bill Cooper going off on Alex Jones. Hmm. And you know, and yeah, Alex Jones that. has mentioned us before, and I respect anyone that could get that big. You know, there is a like. There is something about being that dedicated to that. And, you know, I don't agree with him on everything. Not maybe right. even a lot of things. I don't agree with you on everything. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just, I'm not trying no, to, no, 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 but, but it's, but, I, but it's very I had, interesting. I had somebody bitching. They were like, they were like, he makes too many dong jokes. So I thought, okay, well, the next interview, I'm just going to talk about dongs the whole time. No, Lizard dude. Lizard dong. Do it. For like five hours. Let's do a five hour interview, like a live stream money bomb. What are we, those money conspiracy guys? Bomb. 
a thing that comes up, keeps on popping up every now and then is we talk about it's conspiracy versus propaganda. And when we right. really talk about propaganda, I mean, it does originate from, and now to the world of news. Like, I always think of, like, World War II. Like, and the Jerrys yeah. are losing another war. And it's like, so these films, these, these World War II, like, little, like, reels, these weren't, like, made by, these were the government yeah. issued, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, these, these are natural. Like, uh, I forget what black and white movie I was watching with family over the July 4th one, but it's like, the guy who invented that song, over there, over yes. there, you know, it's like trying to make this amazing, like, oh, this guy's life story. But it was really just a propaganda machine for the military to get people to join the military yeah. and get into these banker wars. You know, you see that all the time now. I almost wish yeah, that. That's funny you said that because I did a, a long uh, lecture series on uh, Dr. Carol Quigley's Tragedy and Hope, and I talked about how. Him writing from the vantage point of the establishment basically gives us apologetic for how the bankers have engineered the wars of the 20th century. And the weird part is that that you're absolutely right when it comes to those old movies. If I heard you correctly, I, yeah. I think you were saying that those old, like, you know, 40s, 50s reels and even back to the 20s and 30s, the government had already figured out that uh, you could you could tie in movie reels and propaganda reels and serials all at the same time and you could in the in between like if, if somebody went to a double feature you could have these propaganda reels in between that would propagandize the people when they were kind of lulled to sleep by the movies that they were watching so that that, that is something i delve into in the book is how all that's been studied from uh you know multiple scientific angles and that's really what psychological warfare is all about is trying to figure out the best way to influence people to sway people in a certain way that's why Many of the early OSS CIA guys went from advertising right into intelligence because it's the exact same stuff. So psychological warfare is based on these exact same principles of all the way back to Sun Tzu, right? The best way to win the war is to just change the mind of the enemy rather than fight. Oh, That's even man, more important yeah. than fighting. Yeah, for sure. So, so, so then when you realize that, it's like, well, they don't stop there. The establishment then turns those external foreign enemy techniques on the populace. They become domestic techniques for how you manipulate and social engineer on a mass scale. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, did you ever hear the theory that um, that the during World War II, the military realized that that people wouldn't sh that the soldiers wouldn't shoot the, the enemy. They had a problem with killing somebody, so that right. they decided to start putting more gunfire in and showing people shooting and killing people uh, mm -hmm. in the movies to get these people okay with shooting and killing people in war. Have you ever heard that? Uh, no, I have heard that. And not only is that true, it also goes further than that because the in the 1970s and, and 80s, DARPA started developing simulators or they, what they called SimNet. And these were some of the first-person uh, first shooters. Uh, and they developed out-of-flight simulators, and the idea was that we could much better, you know, train people to be trigger-happy through a first-person shooter simulation uh, than, you know, the techniques that apparently didn't work very well. Because I think it's a very low percentage of people that will actually shoot a fellow person out on the battlefield. Though it's some low number, like you know, ten or fifteen percent. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but they figured out that they could they could they could very very easily up those numbers by creating. Uh, simulators and so the stuff that you're seeing in the matrix for example this is something that'll be covered in my second book i mean the matrix is all about not just like you know 3d worlds virtual worlds simulant worlds but it's also the same idea of of the pentagon developing these systems that were that are later to be introduced 15 20 years down the road so predictive programming is something that i deal with quite a bit because it's a real thing people think oh that's some crazy conspiracy nonsense that you made up no it's actually a real technique from psychological warfare, from elements of, of, of black operations, uh, and, you know, it's been perfected. And so they just roll this stuff out, you know, on the population, not just in movies, not just in the music industry, but also now in video games. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at these first-person shooter games, and then these kids who go shoot up these schools— they like it, right. they're just playing the game, and I get so much blowback from people. Right. They get so uh, no, dude. There's no correlation. I'm like they're playing the game in the hallways, man. 
It's like it's yeah, literally. Yeah, exactly. So they're taking these prescription drugs, and then there's that voice of God weapon we've talked about, where the government, like, there's this secret thing where uh, this weapon that no one's actually seen, but they've all heard of it, where they could put thoughts in your head. And what do all these shooters say? They're all like, "I heard voices in my head tell me to go do this," and like all this weird shit has to happen. Like the guy, like before the Parkland shooting, there was a guy who flew from Alaska to. Uh, Fort Lauderdale and started shooting up the airport. And what's crazy about that is he was allowed to get, he said he started hearing voices to tell him to go do this. He was allowed to get on the plane with a gun for no, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? So he gets out and then he just starts popping people and it's the same county where the shoot, the Parkland shooting was happening. Now, I don't, that's right. a whole different thing. I don't, I don't know if that's your world. I don't want to put that on you if that's not your world, but that it, this programming stuff is for real, man. You know? What yeah, I- well, that's interesting because a lot of people, if you think about MK Ultra, which is something I deal with uh, quite a bit because I've read most of the published material that's out there on wow. MK Ultra. Um, and what you what you come to find is that it wasn't so much about you know like creating this individual perfect assassin like Scarlett Johansson or Jason Bourne or something. It was actually about sort of mask engineering on a big scale. Because wh- who cares about you know some individual assassin? If you really wanted to knock somebody off, you could just hire a hitman, right? So it's not even that big of a deal to create that kind of a thing, which I'm not saying that didn't happen. I think they absolutely did have those kinds of programs that were trying to see if they could create an assassin with no morals and so forth. And then really, actually, the character of James Bond is kind of that. He's, he's a double O because that means he has the ability to to uh, kill at will, a license to kill, so to speak. Uh, but what really matters is, is the, the ability to desensitize or to steer the public, right? So can you create this kind of a... Uh, a lone nut, so to speak, in the population. Um, and really, when you combine the, the videodrome, uh, to use the Cronenberg uh, uh, imagery there from his film, with the SSRIs that you mentioned, Big Pharma, which is something I do talk about, which, by the way, MKUltra worked together. The, the program worked with the Sandoz Pharmaceutical Corporation and Big Pharma to create and, and, and give LSD. Yeah. LSD is part of MKUltra. So, so in many ways, these things have been handed out to the population. The drug trends that come and go, like the 60s with LSD, right? And then we get the 80s with Iran-Contra and cocaine and crack. These are actually fostered by the establishment. And there's deals that are made with certain cartels, right? So this is the kind of stuff that I go into. Um, and these phases that happen are by design. And, and actually certain people groups like, like blacks in the ghetto, they're targeted with the crack and the cocaine. The rural rural whites now are right are targeted with meth, um, meth and, and heroin. Man, I've been saying that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yes, with 100%. the oxycontin stuff, right? That's that's breaking out now in mid America, right? And, and it's targeted uh, for different people groups and different niches. And and this is exactly what the people who invented basically LSD, Abby Hoffman, working with pharmaceutical corporations. Um, Gordon Wasson being sent down to Central Latin America to find different uh, uh, mushrooms that could be synthesized into LSD at the behest of bankers. Gordon Wasson worked for J.P. Morgan. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, so all of this stuff is tied together. I'm not. I'm not saying that all drugs are inherently bad. I don't no, no, no. That. I'm just I... saying that this stuff can be engineered, and it absolutely is. And ironically, one of the theses of my book, not theses, theses of my book, <laughs> is that. That that Hollywood and film can often tell us more about what's true than we get in, you know, the official narratives or mainstream narratives. So a lot of times people will write into screenplays, into scripts, uh, the real event, and, and and sometimes it's covered up, sometimes it's a little Hollywooded up, but but every now and then you can kind of see the sparkling gem shining through of like, holy shit, that's what's real. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. We've talked about all this. You know, I, I love this topic. It's, it's it's so much fun to talk about. I mean, it's sad, but it's it's interesting because when you see you talk to someone who else gets it, it's like, oh, I feel like the 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 bumblebee girl in the blind melon video. You know, I'm like, oh, my people, and you know, and it's just like so interesting oh, because I can say that my life is pretty. Sorry, yeah, no, dude, that's perfect, and it's just so interesting because we talk about this on the show. Like, you know, 
The, what matters is God, God, gold, gold, oil, and drugs. That's that's the money maker. That everything else is just used to make sure that stuff happens. You know, and the programming that's going on, and you know, you get you get people sick, you get people uh, confused, you get all that stuff. They buy your drugs right. to feel better. You know, they they support your wars because you know they, they they've bought into the whole uh, mainstream media propaganda, and it's just. It, you're, you're nailing it, all of this, man. I couldn't agree more with everything. It's all long game, very dark programming going on for profits right. over people. And it's and like people don't want to believe that because it's like, no, nobody would ever do that. And it's, no, you would never do that. You would never do this. But the people right. who are in these positions, they're, they look at us like binary code or, or, or resources, yeah. ones and zeros, or cattle, and they couldn't care less as long as that dollar sign and that cash register just keeps ringing. Exterminate. Yeah, like Daleks. It's <laughs> yeah. like where the New World Order is run by Daleks. And, yeah. and it's not just a – I mean, I don't know what you guys think about the depopulation agenda, but that's something I talk about because – in the series of talks that I've been doing called the Globalist Book Series, which is where I basically delve into the writings of the top <laughs> globalists, people like H.G. Wells, people like Dr. Carol Quigley, uh, Jacques Attali, uh, people like Bertrand Russell, and even Jonas Salk, for example, wrote two books. He's the father of inoculations, right? So I'm not – whatever your opinion of vaccines is, my, my argument is not necessarily to say that all vaccines are bad. Because, for example, I got pneumonia a while back and I had to get a, an inoculation antibiotic and save my life, right? Right. But that doesn't mean that all vaccines or inoculations are necessarily good. So, so you know, should children at age three have 60 vaccines? I don't think so. So That's the big thing, too, is, is that they, right, there's my, so my many of them. That, my argument is this. If the father of modern vaccinations and inoculations, Dr. Jonas Salk, if he wrote two books— one of which is called Survival of the Wisest. And in that book, if he says, let's use vaccines to basically screw everybody up and make them into tranny retards and uh, depopulate, <laughs> then I'm going to be weary of vaccines. That's my position. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even says. know that. Like, the yeah. father of inoculation says, let's fuck everybody up and turn them into tranny retards. Who even knew he knew what tranny retards were? And it's like, oh, my God, he must have been into some weird ass shit, huh? Just in those fucking. Okay. Anyways, the point of this is that I, I couldn't agree more with you. When you go from basically four or five shots, when I don't know how old you are, I'm, I'm in my mid 40s, go from four yes, or five right. shots to 60 shots or like 60 things pumped in you. And then we see this incredible jump to autism. You know, and I'm not saying autism are, are so, you know, yes, right. all that stuff. I'm just saying, you know, because it affects my family, too. I have a I have someone in my family who has extreme autism and I see how the family right. has to deal with it. So you're going, what is causing this incredibly huge jump in autism? Well, if people right. are telling you that there's something in these shots and then the guy who invented it basically says, let's turn people into let's let's mix them up, you know, um, yeah. There's something to that, and I don't know why people don't want to question that, and why you know people who I know personally that you know I, they they would say I was a class act and an honorable soul and would never screw them out of a, a penny, but yet I would tell them that they call me crazy because someone they see on the television that they'd never met in their life is telling them another thing, and they want to believe that person over the guy they talk to daily. I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. It's interesting. Me and Sam, we both get uh, we get looks of fear from people we know and love. But you get it out of like you have a lot of energy and emotion, so they're like, "Oh fuck, this seems like it," and I, and I have the lack of. Yeah. So then that's even more scarier because like it seems like he's really yeah. serious. Yeah. The quiet guy who carries a big stick, or as in this show, big lizard dong. Okay. I'm just wondering, like, as art has always been, uh, it's a reflection, you know, this modern cinema of the overwhelming darkness that's even going on in the world, you know, because like right. I'm, I myself, I don't watch film, I don't watch TV, I like nature shows and stand up. And anything with right. David Attenborough voicing, he could uh, like voice over like a Charmin commercial, and yeah. I watch it on repeat. Yeah, but as I you should watch more movies, then yeah. Well, I, I tried to watch something called like Dark, and it was like on Netflix, and it was like it was it was dark, and I was like, after watching it, I was just like, man, this thing, I literally like, I was like, I don't really feel like going to sleep right now. I'm yeah, little, I, I'm yeah. sleeping with the lights on, like kind of like weirded out, and. The, 
I'm not on drugs, so I can only imagine now you throw in all these anxi- anti-anxiety, anti-depression. Oh, for sure. Right. We know America is over-medicated over in ways. Um, I'm just wondering, is this the conditioning, not only of adults, but more importantly, what I've noticed, it's, uh, it's like the youth to have like a lack of moral code. You know what I mean? I mean, this might sound like an old man saying, like, the kids these days. No, I get that. But literally, like, I was, yeah, I might be a little jet lagged from our, our traveling back from New York, but I was just, like, watching how children run their parents and how rude they are. And I was like, dang, I'm a kid of the 80s. Not that my parents would smack me, but they would, like, grab me and be like, hey, what the, f-? you know, like, yeah. Get your shit. Well, that's all programming too. But get back. Like I go to the dog park, man, and there's grown men who bring their daughters there, and their daughters are like 13 years old, walking around with fucking like thongs on. Oh yeah, and you're like that dude Mm. has no fucking backbone or any kind. It's almost like Mm -hmm. we've gotten to this place where we've over we've over uh what's the word i'm looking for we were our fathers were so cold and they were just they went to work and they did their thing and then mom used them as the bad guy to punish people like when your dad gets home you're gonna get a spanking dad's tired and like they're like he's not listening to me so dad went over there and spanked you and became the bad guy we've overcompensated for that so much that dads now are just they don't want to tell the daughter hey your butthole is hanging out and you're creeping everybody at the dog park out like you know it's mm-hmm. like it's it's all programming in my opinion am i wrong no this no you're actually right and i was just thinking of the like could you imagine a an accurate version of the propaganda reels from like the 20s and 30s and 40s like if they did a real one that predicted the future how blown away that people would be like oh, you know yeah. what i mean like like if it would be like the year is 2018 <laughs> <laughs> the dark future ahead Retarded trannies running wild. Your daughter's been turned into a man. <laughs> like, actually, that might be a funny skit. Huh? Yeah, that actually, dude, that they probably couldn't even understand it, how incredible it is. And again, I just want, you know, it's like the, uh, autism and the word retard, we're not putting them together. I did a show with Andy Dick for a benefit fit for uh, autism, and he's like, you know, and these kids are retarded, and the place explodes. That's like dropping an N-bomb at the BET Awards, you know, like, you don't really want to do that right there, so yeah. we're, we're not so, we're just spitballing here, and you know, nobody By the way, it. yeah, I was going to say, I'm sorry, I, I'm not meaning to, uh, I'm, right. just, I'm, I'm joking around, I, I hate- apologize about I hate yeah, that we even have to you say guys that. Are, are trans retard people, I apologize because I did get people sending me articles about people with Down syndrome who are trans. Yeah, so I saw that Legion that's of Skanks. A new niche. I thought I was making jokes. No, that's actually a new protected minority niche that I hey. should not and will never joke about. I will never, ever, ever joke about tranny tarts or tranny okay. tarts. I, uh, I am a 45, had a former drug problem. Uh, and I've gone deep into uh, some Pornhub roles, runs, okay? I don't know what's worse, a conspiracy <laughs> hole or a Pornhub hole, but let's just say I have new respect for trans. Let's just say that. So I don't have any problems with anybody. Live your life. You know, you do you. Whatever at the end of the day makes you happy, you do you. I hate that we even have to do that clarification, not because the people yes. who listen here, but because right. when th- we these things get big enough, they look for stuff just to throw out these emotional bomb these emotional uh grenades out there uh but there is this kind of programming going on that we see with uh you know the the the, the, we've talked about on the show before how like people think entertainment is like sports where the best the best get on to uh the stage and it's not true at all there's certain people allowed and when eight families own everything and when you take a meeting with with uh, an exec and they're like well we're looking for this and he's not saying what he's looking for he's getting the orders on what they're looking for and it's all this kind of programming going on and you see it a lot like like they canceled roseanne and they were desperately trying to do that show with two Midwestern lesbians, but it, they couldn't force the story together, so it ended right. up disintegrating. Uh, but that's all. Oh, we're going to get rid of, you know, mom and dad, white bread, rednecks, and we're going to replace them with two meaty lesbians, uh, one who loves guns and all that. Other, and it's like, that's, 
that's what's being done here on purpose. And there's a reason they call it programming and not just listings of shows. It's called programming and it's done on purpose. And, you know, again, everybody lived a life. Who am I to judge anybody sexually? I had to stop watching porn because it was making me bisexual. I turned off a fucking porno because I didn't like a guy's dick. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, your dick game is garbage, homeboy. So I had to, uh, you know, that's, I mean, like, dude, this is just on a shit right here. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm not judging anybody. You do you. But it's like when you start pushing on other people, that's where I think people start getting issues. Yeah, I've noticed I'm that. Here to, I'm, here, I'm here to judge. I, I, I judge, the, <laughs> I'm I'm, here. I judge that the, the government should pass a law that we should only have sex with trans stars. That's what I think is the, the future. Boom. I'm all about that. Trans 2020. Let's all do it. Hey, dude, listen, I've gotten weird. Trust me, it's not that bad. So is it, is it hard to watch a movie with Jay, or are you like constantly like analyzing every aspect and the angles? Or are you able just to disconnect and actually enjoy a, a normal film? I'm only analyzing the angles when it's dirty movies. But, yeah. uh, Believe me, uh, no. I've had those coke runs, bro, where I stop watching for no. sex and I'm looking for <laughs> cinematography. I've been there, buddy. I've been there. Right. Well, no. Uh, um, it just it, it really depends on the film. Uh, if it's a film that is symbolic and it has a lot of significance or propaganda, then yes. Like, I'm trying to think of the last one that I saw that had. Actually, the, the, the new Avengers film, I, I made a video on that and uh, went into that because I will be discussing some of the Marvel universe. And, and actually, the Avengers with that whole universe does have a pretty Gnostic esoteric theme to it. It's very occultic. And, of course, Thanos at the end, he kind of depopulates the entire universe. Oh, yeah, That's man. All. For yeah, sure. So, so in that regard, in that film, I did because I did talk about how the ideas of the various crystals being kind of fragmented and then put together into that infinity gauntlet the the search for the um oh what's that uh blue box that they that they were looking for tesseract first avengers anyway but it's basically advanced technology you know kind of eventually gives one this this transcendent power and so that's that's really a, a transhumanist theme and transhumanism has predecessors you know, even in ancient mythology and Plato, that's all the kind of stuff that I cover. So, like you said, it, it, it's not every film. It's just it just depends on the film. Now, let me ask some Jay. Would you say that you know I've heard on the chat boards that people say Scarlett Johansson's character in the Avengers is basically the Kim Kardashian of uh, like crime fighting? Like it's like she's just there because she's got, everyone's got a superpower. She just got big tits and a fat ass. You know, it's like you ever seen that that picture where they have Jay Z, Beyonce, and uh, Kanye, and sitting there is with them as Kim Kardashian. It's like eighteen Emmys, nineteen Emmys, twenty Emmys. I made a sex tape. You know, it's like like why is Scarlett Johansson fighting crime? Like, what is her thing? She's just a she's just a fighting booty. Yeah, basically. right. Exactly. Yeah, just like that's the superpower is booty. Super and, booty. Um, yeah. And since we're talking about transhumanism, um, uh, but actually, believe it or not, I, I do think there is an esoteric element to booty being everywhere in videos and in movies and in and in even the promotion of Kim Kardashian, you could argue, is in a way Crowleyan because Crowley does talk about the superiority of the anus uh, or the the eye of Horus, which he says <laughs> is superior. He says is superior to the mouth of Venus, the vagina. So. Putting the lizard dong in the, I um, apologize for getting graphic here, you God uh, damn it. Bible, belie- Bible believing uh, Sam Triple E <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but uh, put, putting the lizard dong inside the uh, eye of Horus, Crowley says, is more powerful. Now, I think it, that's because it doesn't have the ability to give life, but he says it did kind of uh, focus one's attention or magical will, right? Or energy. And I think that what happens is that on the, the micro scale, the esotericists, the elite that run our country, they will actually maximize things to the macro scale. So if you promote anal sex, if you promote butt, if you promote the booty, and that's what Kim Kardashian represents. I mean, what other does she actually have any <laughs> talents or skills or, or is she just a booty, basically, like a like a living, breathing, walking, talking. And she booty. promotes bad decisions like she has so exactly. much money exactly. to clean up. Her bad is everything that those sisters do is blows up in their face, but it's done purposely. And then they have the money to clean it up. And what, but, but the peak, the, 
the, the young women watching that don't have the money to clean up those mistakes. So they do all these these reckless lifestyles that they these women pick the right. worst people to the, the to date and mate with, and then that, so these girls do that. And they're like, I want to date like a rapper. Well, you're dating a MySpace rapper who's got no fucking mm-hmm. money, and like now where are you? And it's like, oh, but the Kardashians do that, and you're like, well, you just do it now. You made decisions that are going to affect the rest of your life when they have millions of do- like I have a friend of mine who's the celebrity sex broker and they've told me he's told me there are so many videos of the Kardashians doing insanely horrible shit sexually but they have so mm-hmm. much money now they've basically bought up all the tapes one of them is them being the all the sisters being allegedly. Pa- allegedly being passed around in mandingo parties right and that's his words not mine and dude they bought that tape and they just buy all these tapes because they have so much money and then they went everything's black and white right which is all the old like fucking like dark arts colors where you do checkerboard <laughs> white and black and whites and like it's all there, there's a there's a reason why everything they touch it dies the year is 2018 <laughs> giant lizard dongs giant lizard dongs entering into armenian girls who are models. <laughs> no, yeah i'm being uh, th- but believe it or not you're 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 spot on because that focusing the society's attention away from reproduction and onto the anus is perfectly in line not only with that Crowleyan, not only with that Crowleyan idea but also it's in line with the depopulation agenda and i think that that's crucial there's this 1968 document a white paper yes uh, from the rockefeller foundation uh that's called the barrelson memo the jaffe memo and it actually talks about promoting all of that kind of stuff down the road just not because they care about anybody's rights or whatever they don't give a shit about that the only thing they care about is is getting that population down and killing everybody and it's 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 written about so many times and that was one of the main themes that kept popping up every time i read and did a lecture on one of these globalist books is that they're always united on that very thing materialism the atheism and and a kind of luciferianism that's based around technology and one of the core and, concepts, and depopulating. yeah, one of the core concepts of transhumanism is that life extension through genetic engineering, exactly. nanotech, cloning. Right. I mean, the whole idea is the great melding, like of human and technology. Yeah, th- like, exactly. Have you ever heard of transcranial direct current stimulation? No, do, real quick before you get into that, I want, mm-hmm. do do the do the Rothschilds fear the Terminators? Mm-hmm. Like, do the Ro- Terminators take out the Rothschilds? Does anyone know like where? What happens with that well, story? They become. They I mean, become have you one. seen that picture of uh, Arnold at the Rothschild estate hanging out with Jake Rothschild? No. Yeah, oh. look that up. That's real. So, so actually, I would say no, because <laughs> Arnold's like chilling there, smoking cigars with uh, with Jacob Rothschild. I mean, it sounds super crazy to think that we can ever like m- like meld the mind to a computer. But this thing I was saying, transcranial direct current stimulation, it speeds right. up reaction times and learning speed by running a very weak electric current through your brain and has already been used by the U.S. military to train snipers. Oh, super soldiers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes. you know, uh, it's what would you not want to do? I would love it at any moment. Did we lose Jay? Did we lose him? Still He's, there. I don't hear him. Oh, oh there he is. Hey, so, Jay, uh, th- talking about transhumanism, if you can hear me, I was wondering if you could uh, blow Sam's mind about uh, the Steven Spielberg connection that you've kind of overarching mythology throughout his films um yes there is a transhumanist element to spielberg's films absolutely and in fact um one of the ones that i highlighted in the book was ai because ai not only has the transhumanist fairy tale version of pinocchio i mean pinocchio basically is mm-hmm. transformed in ai to be a transhumanist fairy tale and then a real boy. All this aeon ends. You get the the new stage, who are the the bots, basically that that replace humanity, and all that's left of humanity, of course, if you remember, is David the bot. Um, so that that theme is present in Spielberg, and I think you could even argue in Close Encounters, we don't really know what kind of alien beings are in the ship, and they're kind of. They, they look very similar to the AI aliens of AI. <laughs> so so it's hard to say exactly where's mine, but there is this esoteric kind of Kabbalistic component 
Uh, and when you understand that Spielberg is working from Kabbalah and mystic Judaism, I would argue, then you could see how there's a tie-in between both the alien agenda, the UFO agenda, and transhumanism. And that's, that's what I go into in the chapter uh, on Spielberg and H.G. Wells. And I compare those two because I think they're the two of the most powerful propagandists, whatever you think of them. Uh, you know, and, and Spielberg, when he remade War of the Worlds, was obviously giving homage to, to H.G. Wells. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, what yeah. about the um, the alleged uh, themes of uh, uh, grown man boy love in uh, Spielberg's movies constantly? Uh, there's actually, someone broke down a, a scene in Indiana Jones. There was a recording of, uh, of uh, the, all the guys who put made Indiana Jones getting back together and discussing the scene in which Indiana Jones actually... Allegedly, the character was a pedophile and that he had hooked up with this girl when she was 13. And there's actually a scene later when uh, she's yelling at him going, I was a kid. I was a kid. And he's like, you know what you were getting into. And like when you hear that writing, oh, yeah. that right, when you hear that, that storyline, it, get, it gets much darker. And then the poltergeist girl mysteriously died. Like how big of a star she was. And she mysteriously died. And that story, boom, like went away instantly. And I remember thinking that like, man, nobody's talking. I was even a kid. I didn't even know what was going on. And I'm like nobody's talking about this girl dying. Like, she just died, and they're like, died of natural causes. I'm like, she's a kid. It's like crazy. Any thoughts on that, allegedly? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much of an opinion on that just because I don't know about there's, that there's necessarily any proof of that. You're talk, What you're talking about, I am aware of that because it's uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I don't think Spielberg wrote that screenplay, so it kind of on... I, I don't recall. It may have been George Lucas who wrote the screenplay off the top of my head. I'm not sure. Um, but that is true that Indy's character did have a dalliance with Marion uh, when she was young. At least that's what's implied in that scene. And Karen Allen says, you knew, you know, I was 13 or whatever she says. So that's possible as a, you know, character flaw in the in the person of Indiana Jones. So. Um, that's def that's definitely there, but as to who put that there or why that was in the screenplay, I'm not sure off the top of my head. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I just try to stick with what I can prove in terms of analyzing symbolism in the films. So sometimes I'll talk about, you know, like maybe in Eyes Wide Shut was Kubrick talking about real sex? You know, I would say probably. Um, I can't prove that. I don't know that Kubrick attended those, but you know, people do talk about those at times. These kind of wild Hollywood, uh, you know, elite billionaire sex parties. No surprise to that. In fact, it just came out today in the news that uh, one of the famous madams of Hollywood, one of the gay madams, uh, is now telling his story. Oh, right? Which, he's yeah, going to be uh, dead soon. He'll be dead soon. Right. Well, I think he's almost dead anyway. Like he's he's oh. super old now, and he's talking about um, Catherine Hepburn being lesbian, about servicing a lot of A-listers, and you know it's kind of all people that everybody already knew was gay anyway, probably. So not anything I wouldn't guess that's too revelatory. But what is interesting about his story, and I tweeted that out today, is that he is a former Marine who then became uh, a and a mysteriously unable to be nabbed madam like the mm. vice squad throughout the 40s and 50s have this former marine and yet he was able to service all the a-listers for many many decades well of course it wasn't just magical mysterious you know avoiding the vice squad he was i'm sure allowed to do what he was doing because there's a lot of money involved in blackmail and that kind of stuff with yep. the dirt that goes into the sex party stuff so anyway i'm not trying to change the subject but yeah i don't know about uh uh any of that stuff but what i do focus on in the spielberg chapter is just strictly the propaganda and what it's trying to get at in terms of transhumanism and the the alien mythology that's being put out there well do you think it's because perhaps he knows and he's being prepared for an actual alien invasion or a fake alien invasion as a friend of the show thinks is coming yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't personally believe in extra biological entities. I think there are spiritual forces out there in the world that can be negative and dark. Um, I don't actually, I've not seen any evidence of like you know ET per se, 
uh, my critique is that is that Spielberg is kind of filling the Hollywood role that H.G. Wells filled back, you know, in the turn of the century for for fiction. So, you know, all science fiction really originates in the modern world from Jules Verne and H.G. Wells and and, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs and people like that. And then you have Hollywood taking up the mantle of science fiction. And, and what I focus on is how science fiction itself basically is illuminism. If you read, for example, Isaac Asimov's series, that's actually mentioned. It's, it's mentioned as a form of... What series? Real quick, you cut out. Sorry, just want to make oh, sure. Oh, sorry. Uh, Isaac Asimov's Foundation series. Okay. Uh, it's one of the more famous science fiction stories. And in fact, in that, that, that novel, he's writing about the internet back in like the 40s and 50s. And he talks about how there will be the Internet having the ability to basically, through Google, use predictive algorithms to track mass movements. Um, in, the, in the story of Foundation by Asimov, it's, uh, the character Hari Seldon creates a, an algorithm that predicts future movements of mass populations. And, and basically they extrapolate from this what's going to happen to civilizations, which will collapse, which will fall. And really, that's what we're seeing now with with what the Pentagon does. The Pentagon mm. uses all the internet data, all this information, uh, big data, and so forth, to actually predict mass movements of people, populations, thought, memes, trends. All this stuff is studied at a very, you know, intense, extreme level. So that's just another angle on, you know, the transhumanist type stuff that that was told to us even back in the '40s and '50s in in Asimov's Foundation series. And again, this is just another example of stuff that, you know, even you know, makes it into, into Spielberg films at times like Minority Report, where yeah, he has, that's you know, all say, the yeah. same stuff. Yep. Do you see that now? Israel's using that a lot to predict who's going, who, who could become radical, and they're literally grabbing people who haven't even committed a crime. Now, I'm wondering if you could inform uh, us or enlighten us a little bit on the Taverstock and, like, their connection to Hollywood, for those who don't know about it. Um, like it, Sam Tripoli. <laughs> Yeah, well, Tavistock is interesting because um, they started after World War, World War One studying PTSD. I think that's who they, they named it Shell Shock. Um, so they realized that the soldiers were coming back from World War One with these mental problems and these kind of dissociative breaks in states. And they thought, why don't we delve into this and, and really plumb the psyche? You know, you had people around the same time studying similar stuff, Freud and so forth. And so what Tavistock did approach this from a, a an extremely scientific standpoint and not just science and psyche but also managerial techniques believe it or not so so Tavistock kind of became the forerunner to what would be maybe this the MK Ultra program in fact it was Tavistock who was running the UK version of the US's MK Ultra program so they were they were using all of these wartime techniques to then transform the the manipulation and the nudging and the swaying and the, and the moving of people's opinions and thoughts um, through uh, things like advertising, through all that, and into the corporate world. So basically, if you go to Tavistock now, you'll find a bunch of papers and books on managerial techniques. So all of that becomes applied to the corporate sphere. Um, and this is why they even still, you know, service big industries like it's kind of like the Rand Corporation in the U.S. Tavistock does similar stuff uh, in uh, in the U.K. But some of the things that they learned was how to manipulate, say, groups of people into being willing to do things that they wouldn't do. Right. So earlier we were talking about shooting other people, first person shooters, that kind of stuff. Well, mm-hmm. it just goes way beyond that. It's also like how can we develop a uh, a person willing to just shoot another person or die at the command of another person what's the best means to get to that end and then you can see how that would be applicable to a corporate setting right a ceo how how do i have the best ability to just say do what i say and everybody else follows along i mean that's obviously very valuable to to a ceo or a corporate setting it's also very valuable to the media right the media wants to be able as uh brzezinski's daughter said the other day right or, or no not the other day it was uh uh, was it like about a year ago? Right? Yeah. She said, uh, "Yeah, the, the, we're supposed to do the people's thinking. We tell them what to think. They're not, yeah. you know." Um, Mika Brzezinski said this, right? Yeah, so her father is a giant war criminal. Nobody ever talks about that. She's on the liberal side. 
her father is like the foot has the fingerprints all over this neocon type uh, uh, military intervention in everywhere fucking game plan we have. You know, it's like that guy. Will, I have a I have a, a video a video of him basically saying it is easier now to kill a million people than to control a million people. And it's like that's creepy shit, and that's her dad. Yeah, so Big Brzezinski, I have uh, multiple talks on Brzezinski's books and my global book series. I've done a bunch of different interviews talking about Brzezinski's works. And he actually went to not one of the formative MKUltra universities, McGill University. That was that was one of the real hotbeds of MKUltra study and research. So it's very curious that that's also where Brzezinski did his uh, graduate work. And then he goes on, of course, to write the book uh, Between Two Ages, which catches the attention of David Rockefeller, who makes him the head of the newly created Trilateral Commission in 1973, which is, of course, up there you know, with the CFR as basically running the country. So he was he's up there with Kissinger. He's one of these, you know, long time deep Fucking state type Kissinger. guys. Uh, and he's presented, you're right, as a liberal, but is not at all liberal because you, really those words at that level have no meaning whatsoever. Right. I mean, like uh, Kissinger's son is the producer of Conan. I mean, like they're just their footprints are everywhere, dude. It's just mm-hmm. their fingerprints are everywhere. Excuse me. I mean, it's like unbelievable to me. Uh, isn't uh, Angelina Jolie uh, on the Council of Foreign Relations, CFR? Is she connected with them Yeah, still? and uh, actually multiple media. I mean, a lot of the CFR is media because that's really their focal point is controlling and swaying opinion. Uh, so it's not only Angelina Jolie, but I think uh, if I recall, so is uh, George Clooney as uh, CFR. And I'm sure there's some other big Hollywood names that are that are CFR as well. And then a lot of those people are also CIA. Is there nothing George Clooney won't hawk? I see him like he's got like a wristwatch. He's got some tequila, some like motorbike, just some sunglasses. Well, there was a time where you couldn't do that in the United States. Transhumanism. He's yeah. Just hot, yeah, but he's dude, hawking. I mean, like look at Beyonce. Like, I mean, Jay-Z started naming songs after fucking sponsors. I mean, that's the ultimate sign of a sellout. But you can't call them that because. They, well, like, I was noticing that. Yeah. Like you notice over the last several years, a lot of rappers, like they just start mentioning like, <laughs> like Gucci, 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 Gucci. Right? And it's like, oh, um, maybe they're trying to get a Gucci sponsorship. I love, I love how on? your rapper is also an Italian cook at uh, Olive Garden as well. Well, in regards to MK Ultra, and I, we, uh, since you know so much about the good doctor. Uh, by the way, let's not forget the, the, the young, like, Generation Z millennial rappers who do the mumble rap, and they're all named after, like, Xanax and shit. You know oh, I mean? dude, it's so deep, and you got these kids call me an old man. You don't get it. You're an old man. No, I get it, man. I know quality, okay? I know quality. Don't tell me about your guys and your taste. Fucking Thai pod fucking people eating all the fucking pods and fu- oh duh you're you're out of ideas man you're out of fucking ideas and it's all controlled and they like this guy this fucking Mexican rapper we've been talking about tech whatever his name Takashi six nine like dude the guy's a garbage rapper he's a pedophile he's been convicted of it and he fucking worships Satan and yet he signs this fat deal and then we get told oh he's got ninety songs in the top one hundred. You talking like, about you talking about Gerardo Rico Suave or whatever? I mean, dude, I'm not saying that my generation was all. I perfectly understand that NWA was contri- completely pushed because of what they represented. They represented a gang banging culture, and they wanted to promote that culture so people would fill up their fucking uh, their uh, prisons. I totally get that, but there's a difference between a shitty shill and a fucking good shill. Our shills were quality shills, and I'll stand by. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I, I was making a joke. Remember Gerardo Rico Suave? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. The sexy. So who's the satanic Mexican rapper? That's awful. Who are you talking about? That, what's uh, his his name's Takashi Six Nine. Uh, he, he probably won't be around too much longer. Oh, you that know? guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he looks like basically uh, a a retarded skittle. Yeah, yeah. yeah he like looks like a bag of melted skittles. We just have clowns rapping now, and it's just like it's such. Stupid shit, and then he's like hitting on. He's like it, it, it's a promotion of garbage. They promote 
bad ideas and right. a bad lifestyle so that these people i mean like look at it dude look at how look what reality programming became it was just like train wreck shit telling people to be train wreck people and it's like i'm on teen snooki like you're a garbage person that's what you are you've chosen the low-hanging fruit you took the first exit off the highway you know back in the day like nobody told shakespeare keep it simple stupid you know it's like it was like this desire to move up instead of act like you're fucking skid row bums and shit you know we, we always want to act out what we see on the screen for you know? sure first time you saw ninja turtles you came out of this theater just jump kicking like a motherfucker these little go kids. ninja go ninja go you know go ninja go ninja, well they talk go. about the old rocky you know the eddie murphy famous thing about rocky makes white guys think they could fight well it's funny that nobody thinks a white guy can fight that's another story that's a different kind of fucking propaganda but it's hilarious because like white guys leaving the uh the, the fight, uh, the theater after Rocky, f- challenging black guys. And like, uh, the black guy's like, oh, you just saw Rocky. You just saw Rocky. Is he still there? <laughs> I wanted to make sure we got into the Dr. John C. Lilly before Please we got go. off. Yeah, yes. So uh, just that's like. That's the real crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's the good shit. Just like Mel Gibson's character in the film Conspiracy Theory. It is, dude. It's just like Mel Gibson in Conspiracy Theory. Give man. it to us, man. Uh, I'll just I'll set it up and you take it from here. In the 1960s, a small section of neuroscientists, one of them being Dr. John Lilly, was licensed to research LSD by the American government, convicted, convinced that the drug had medicinal qualities and could be used to treat mental health patients. As a part of this research, the drug was sometimes injected into animals. Sam? Yeah. You like injecting your dog some acid maybe tomorrow? No, dude, but my dog loves cocaine. And Lily had been using it on his dolphins since 1964. He would inject his dolphins and hang out with them, kind of try to, you know, have some telepathy. Well, prior to this madness, the seeds of the 1960s counterculture was flourishing in the 1950s. Uncle Sam was busy creating a gigantic CIA-funded arts program centering around freedom, quote-unquote, and liberalism. Now, look what we have nowadays. We're so free and we're so liberal. Oh, my. It's just, it's, they're so good, dude. You have to admire how good they are. They create the opposition. And they control it. So, Jay, if you fill us in on some John C. Lilly at that weird circus that you're currently at, I like it, though. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the Globalist book series, and I thought this was going to be really interesting to read his book, Programming and Metaprogramming in the Human Biocomputer, and it was not. It (laughs) is the most unreadable book you will ever encounter. It is unbelievable. I've never seen a weirder, more indecipherable hieroglyphics of a of a of a work um but what you can decipher from this weirdness is that he believes that he has successfully wiped the minds of children and he did this through lsd and he actually utilized all the kind of meme style you know mk ultra alter type stuff that you see in in the conspiracy you know, uh, rumor mill, right? Like trigger words and, yeah. uh, you know, broken mirrors and this kind of stuff. He actually did that stuff. So, so there actually is precedent for that. I remember, you know, I've, I've looked at this stuff for 10, 15 years and I never could find any direct hard evidence of that kind of stuff, but it actually is true. And it's in John C. Lilly's book. And so he didn't just carry this out on dolphins, which is which is the crazy part. He also did with children. So he claims and he's now he's he's doing this under the auspices of, oh, I'm just going to, you know, in the long run, science justifies the means. And we're all going to have, you know, a perfect society because we're going to figure out how to cure the human psyche of all its ills through big pharma. Uh, but, of course, that's not what any of this is about. And and you can see that around the same time, maybe a few decades earlier, you know, the Rockefeller Foundation is supporting Alfred Kinsey in similar research, right? Molesting kids at, at the behest of science. Oh, my God. In the Kinsey report. Well, Alfred, uh, uh, John C. Lilly is doing the same thing with wiping minds with LSD and, as you said, injecting dolphins. And the, the bizarre thing about the dolphin stuff is that there's also a sexual component to that, believe it or not. Uh, if you read the Guardian piece on John C. Lilly, which which references, I think, a Hustler magazine piece on John C. Lilly, <laughs> they talk about, or Playboy, I can't remember if it's Playboy or Hustler, but they talk about how John C. Lilly and his research assistants 
had these weird sexual affinities for the dolphins. Oh, now I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to be creeper weirdos, but I like, this is what the articles all say. And I'm like, what is going on? This is who runs our country. Mad yeah. scientists who like to have get weird. Fetishes. This is just unbelievable, but it's, it's all there. Get weird, man. These are these people. They have all the money, all the power, and they've yes. just done having sex with normal shit. And they just want to like go Kardashians, see butts and dolphins that's what runs the country yeah it's just and, and demons kardashians demons butts and dolphins. demon buttholes <laughs> that's what it is just haunted <laughs> assholes is that the title of the third book right there? haunted assholes that's it demon buttholes that's what it's all about i wish i could name this fucking episode that but a fucking itunes will shadow ban us <laughs> Um, <laughs> to demon buttholes. Yes. Um, so listen, this has been wonderful, dude. Tell them again uh, uh, where they can find your book and when will your next book be in? Out. Yes. If you go to jaysanalysis.com, you'll find my book there. There's a tab to purchase signed copies to the book. And look at um, his fucking, look at, right in the middle of his website. What is in the middle there? Anal. I think he's in on it, too. Uh-oh. Right? Uh-oh. Jay's anal, anal exactly. yeah, is. There we go. You could, it could go different ways on that. Um, and tell me yeah. where they can get the book real quick again. Yeah. All your Instagram. Yeah, so, so the second book will be out in a couple months. Oh, and yeah. it's basically going to be a follow-up with a lot more information on MK Ultra, all the movies that deal with MK Ultra, movies that deal with transhumanism, and movies that deal with the mafia and secret agents. So a lot of the stuff that I didn't put in the first book is going to be in the second book. I like it a lot. Jay, you are a G. We appreciate you coming on. I don't know if you ever... Are, are you out of L.A.? Uh, no, actually, I am near Nashville, but uh, I'm going to be in L.A. I think a couple times this summer. Please, when you're in, in town, come yeah. on the show. We'd love to have a face-to-face and talk about dude. Yes, let's do let's do a uh, in studio interview. Yeah, we'll fun. do that. Maybe we can do some. St- I don't know if you do stand up, but we could do some stand up as well, man. That'd I can come and pretend to do stand up and maybe disrupt your stand up and then make you look good at stand up by my shitty stand up. Dude, I love that control opposition heckling. I like that a lot. Thanks yes. so much, Jay. We appreciate it, man. It's Jay. Been thanks for coming on, man. We All right, thank you guys. Uh, real quick, that was a great show. I uh, just want to announce that we are, uh, I mean, dude, what is the date on that? Because I'm proud to announce that it is happening July 29th at 3 p.m. Abby fucking Martin will be in studio or at least on the show. Uh, I'm so excited. So let's get into that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, we appreciate everything you hit up. Someone hit us up about some shit about those death metals, uh, European death metal guys going after. Tr- like, we have to do that episode. Let's do it. Jason You're a G, Rouse. dude. Welcome back. And we will uh, talk soon, okay? Take care, everybody. Thanks for being a fan and being our friends. Bye. Bye.